Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Expect the BMWs to be quick around here and very competitive this weekend. Tommy Milner in a rejuvenated Corvette in uh, four in the number four car in second. Dirk with a 198. Tommy Milner with a 20.6. And then Jens Klingmann, the uh, young driver in that 24 BMW, a 20.7. Yeah, the GTLM battle, I'm sure, is going to be an, a, a cracker yeah, like it usually is. And uh, interesting, a couple of notes there for what you were saying. The, the BMW team RLL never won here at Petit, which is Shocker, surprised. isn't it? But yeah, they've had a lot of success here. They've actually clinched championship here in the past, but uh, never actually won the race. Corvette, on the other hand, huge amount of success here in the past. And uh, they've had a, uh, as you say, a difficult second half of the season, a great first half of the season. And uh, and uh, Antonio Garcia and Jan Magnussen still not yet out of the championship chase. But what they uh, are in better sh- shape in is the Tequila Patron North American Endurance Cup. Correct. Which consists of the opening two races of the season, which they both won, uh, Antonio uh, Garcia and Jan Magnussen at Daytona and Sebring, and also the fourth round, this is, this is the fourth round, the third round was the Watkins Glen, six hours sailing, six hours of the Glen. So they are still leading in GTLM in that, so still a lot to play for here for Corvette coming to weekend, in, into this weekend. And as I said, a huge amount of success here in the past. I think they've won nine times here in the past, but the last time was 2010, so that's quite a long time ago. Uh, just a quick note, Josh uh, Ruiz, among others who've tweeted us here at IMSA Radio, at IMSA Radio on Twitter, uh, about the crash. It was Connor Daly who was driving, and he was pictured standing outside the car. He got out under his own volition uh, and got a lift back to the pits. The car, uh, not in as good shape as Connor, I'm afraid. And if you follow at Gearbox Girl, Shea Adam, or at Specutainment, you'll see what I've just retweeted, the picture that Shea has fired in. Uh, the left-hand side of the car looking somewhat less than pre-loved as it was taken off the flatbed. Uh, GTD was the only class we didn't talk about. John Potter is behind the wheel of the number 44 Magnus Racing Porsche, 123.0 for that car. Good enough to put that uh, on the top of the pile with Jerome Blake and Mullen in the 33 uh, Viper in second place. Got his brother over this weekend. I know this to be the third driver, 23-2. And a 23-3 for Townsend Bell in the 63 Ferrari. Uh, a 23-5 for Lee Keane in the fourth place car, the 22 uh, GTD, the, uh, the Porsche there. So uh, absolutely nothing, in fact. So left half a second between the top four again. It's what we've expected in Yeah, GTD. it's been great this season, GTD. I mean, all the class have been really good this year, quite frankly. But what a, what a championship battle that. we've got. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry yeah, about sorry, that. Sorry, uh, What a fabulous championship battle we've got there in GTD. Christina Nielsen still leads the way in the points table for TRG AMR, uh, the Aston Martin V12 Vantage on 256 points, just a one-point oh. advantage, though, over Dion van Molke and Christopher Haase in the Paul Miller Racing Audi. And then just uh, three points behind them are Bill Sweeter and Townsend Bell in the Ferrari. So that's a heck of a championship battle with just four points separating the top three coming into the final race of the What's season. What's the points differential between first and second in the race? Three. Right, so it's not quite winner-takes-all. It's all. not quite winner-takes-all. 
But uh, out of the first two, it would be. Correct. Either of the first two, win, they win the championship. Uh, for Townsend and Bill, nothing less than a win really is going to be good enough. And then they have to... To assure it. Uh, yeah. It, but if they, do, well, if they do win, then they need Christina Nielsen to finish lower than second. If yeah. the Audi finishes second and Bill Sweeter and Townsend Ben win, that would put them equal on points. But that would leave two wins for the Ferrari because they uh, won well they, are they the only VAR. one of those top three yes. that have won a race this yes. year they so are. the two the two leading uh, the two leading protagonists in the championship yeah. have not won a race this year remarkable isn't it yeah well it shows what consistency will bring and it also shows just how competitive that GTD the last year of the current GT Daytona regulations with GT3 cars are plenty uh, coming in next year I, I hear uh, every day about another team who wants to come and play and another GT3 car likely to turn up. I think we are going to be something in the region, certainly of seven, possibly eight different manufacturers next year, maybe even more than that. Where did Damien go? Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> oh, you are here, Damien. Sorry. I smoke from my trainers. But just briefly, I mean, even now, though, the, the, the uh, championship, the manufacturer's championship in GTD, uh, could could hardly be well couldn't be any closer. Just one point separating Audi from Ferrari, uh, and then five points behind Ferrari is BMW. One point behind BMW is Porsche. Where's Aston Martin and Dodge? You ask. Well, they're actually not registered for the for the points in that uh, championship, which is a shame. Uh, so it's uh, but but any of the other four <coughs> that are registered can win it uh, this final weekend. Uh, and Porsche, they, they've scored. They they should be way out in front. Yes. Because mainly in strength of numbers, but uh, they uh, the race they the race that was won by a uh, GTD Porsche at Master Raceway Laguna Seca by the Park Place Motorsports car there was a a uh, an infraction afterwards in terms of the specification of the car, so they lost uh, thirty five points. So that, that took them way out of the lead. Otherwise, that been could be very costly in yeah. terms of the championship this year. So but, they're still, but they're still back. They've, they've worked their way back into into contention. Still in, in here with a shout. Uh, new leader in GTD, as the uh, 64 car has gone through, uh, with Second. Daniel Serra at the wheel. Yeah, teammates this weekend, and for Scuderia Corsa, ah. running a regular car, number 63 car for Townsend Bell uh, and uh, Bill Sweeler, joined this weekend by Jeff Siegel, who'd also drove with those pair, that pair at the uh, opening round at Daytona and the 24 Hours of Le Mans as well, so oh. which, they, which they, they had a great great weekend there. So Let's say so Cressoni in that car as well, according to this entry list. He's, a, he's in the 64 car with Daniel Serra yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Jeff uh, Westfall, yeah. And Jeff Westfall, yeah. Right, well, that's, a de that's a decent set of pedalers in oh that yeah. car, in fairness. Oh, absolutely. So there to, you know, to give strength to, that, to Ferrari and to Bill Sweeter and Townsend Bell, uh, you know, not only in the drivers, but also the manufacturer championship and the team championship come to that. Bit of a shake-up in GTLM as well as uh, Earl Bamba in the 912, the number 912 Porsche has popped up into second, 19.5. That lap, uh, just a couple of laps ago from Dirk Vernon, the 25 IHG Rewards Club BMW from Earl Bamba in the works. Porsche in second, a 19.8, also on a 19.8. Tommy Milner now aboard the number four Corvette, Wolf Hensler in the 17 uh, Porsche. That is, well, again, sadly, this is another team, at least we won't see in the same form for sure next year, as Falcon Tyres uh, gracefully take their bow and uh, exit stage left from the American Championship. They've been a very good sponsor uh, for uh, Derek Walker Racing 
and uh, won races with that 17 squad with Wolf Hensler and Brian <coughs> Sellers and Wolf up into fourth place there. Including the last two here at Petit Lamont. So what a way, what a way that would be to go out with a hat-trick uh, of wins here in, cons in, in consecutive years for that Falcon Team Falcon Tire Porsche. That would, be, uh, that would be a very popular win, would it not? And of course, there's a lot of rain due, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, they have a very strong well, wet weather time. Apparently not as, not as strong as they, not as much of an advantage as they feel they had in years gone by, dear Moore. We talked to them at, uh, at Watkins Glen earlier in the season uh, and talking to both Brian and Wolf, they, they were saying in their efforts to develop the, the tyres and uh, uh, the, the tyres from Falkland is a more all-round proposition, um, they, they feel that perhaps they, they know they did have a real advantage in, in heavy rain uh, in seasons past, they, they perhaps don't have quite as much as they used to. But clearly, that uh, program, and particularly the, the tyre development work done by Brian Sellers, has paid dividends. The Falcon Tyres uh, cars in Europe at the Nurburgring. Uh, in fact, it's, I think it might be a VLN race this weekend, actually. And I apologise for being so vague, but uh, having been bounced around from continent and racetrack over the last few weeks, uh, I'm finding it hard to keep up with the things that I'm not actually at the circuit for. But I think I saw Peter Dunbrecht tweeting that he was off to the uh, Nürburgring this weekend for a VLN round in the Falkland Tyres Porsche over there. And they're benefiting certainly from a lot of the hard work that the Derek Walker racing team, and in particular Brian Sellers, who's proved himself to be a very, very good tyre development and car development driver. I wonder where he will end up next year. Wolf, of course, is a uh, factory driver. Is that a sign of an oval that you're making there? Sorry? <laughs> o o o oval. Oh, well, oval racing? In, in, well, in all honesty, <laughs> I, I would be very, very surprised if if uh, if Ford hadn't been talking to Brian Sellers. They want American drivers. Uh, they want experienced drivers. and They, well, they, want, they want good drivers, don't they? They, they want good drivers, yeah. and they want people who can develop a car. And, and Brian ticks all of those boxes. He does tick all of those boxes, but I believe I don't... I don't uh believe he thinks at least at the moment he's he's uh, in line for that which i think is uh, i agree a with you opportunity think it's surprising for everybody for them, but then yeah, no, nobody side, thinks they're in line well they? i i i know From more people who've told me they haven't got the job than have um yeah. and you know it, we expect to hear something from ford soon two cars in gtlm here next year two cars in the world endurance uh, championship and uh, we, I, I think the sticking point is twofold. They are uh, insistent on having people, rightly so, I think, who have uh, some Le Mans experience. Um, that's certainly the word I've been hearing from people who haven't um, got the final call. That puts Tracy Crone ahead of me in the list then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I've drove more laps around the Le Mans circuit than you have. So <laughs> I might be ahead of you in the list. I have the advantage of being a silly putty ranked driver as well, or solder, I think somebody described me as the other day, which I think was quite funny. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you've got two programs there, one here in, in the US, Demo, and, and one in the World Endurance Championship. There is the opportunity to swap and change drivers, particularly at the start of the year, but I'm told again that that is not what Ford are planning to do, that they want to get their sets of drivers for the American Championship in, uh, uh, in one of the, uh, the cars, and the dri or two of the cars, and the drivers for the, uh, the World Endurance Championship and never the twain shall meet. Uh, I would have thought it would have been a good opportunity to get people 
But I mean, I don't, I, 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 I'm not so sure about the experience side of things. I mean, there's lots of drivers that go to Le Mans for the first time and do very, very well. well two um, rookie winners outright last year. Well, absolutely. And I mean, we just spoke about Townsend Bell and Bill Sweetler as well, um, to name but a few. But uh, I, I think the important thing is for a team like that, um, in my humble opinion anyway, is that if you have one or two of the drivers um, on the team with Le Mans experience, I, I think that's what's critical. If you go there with, with a bunch of drivers, a, c- a complete bunch of drivers with no experience, well, that's, that's one thing. But I don't think one driver in a team not having been to Le Mans before, uh, you know, I don't think that really matters in, in, in this day and age. Yeah, I agree. With At least I would say the, uh, that anyway, wouldn't well, I? Because mean, I've never done it. But. Apart from, yeah, with all the simulation work you can do nowadays, you might not be able to get that much track time at Le Mans before the event, although, of course, they do have the test day, so that's you know, a, a full day of running there. But uh, now, in order to be even eligible to race, you have, have to have spent a, a, a day or several hours at least. Half a day in, in, the, in the Le Mans simulator. So. In the sim, and yeah. uh, you've got to do the course and tick the boxes. Yeah. And, and for, the, you know, for these guys, you know, at that level nowadays, they're all accomplished sim drivers as well. So To be honest, I, I, I think there's that. more of a concern. I mean, maybe this is a, a sticky subject. I think there's more of a concern about drivers who perhaps don't possess a lot of the talent mm. uh, who end up crashing a lot of the times. Um, I mean, that's more of a, a concern than, yeah, I guess, than taking a pro with no experience. Just hearing this from Shea, who has passed this up to us via uh, our uh, switched messaging service, and I think it's, ab- it's about to go live on at Gearbox Girl. She's been talking to the Connor Daly. Hey, he's fine, although he has got a bit of a sore arm from the shunt at Turn 1, which caused the red flag early on. The team, however, are scratching their heads and looking at the car uh, a little bit at the moment. And that 38 car, at the moment, there is no clarity about whether we'll see that car back. Mm. Uh, that, that is not a surprise to any of us here. Not a surprised face in sight here between Jeremy, Damien uh, and myself. You're listening to IMSA Radio. We're live from trackside at Road Atlanta. It's great to be able to say that again from my point of view. Um, Damien talking about not being... Uh, been here and not driving. I was here and not uh, talking about the race last year, and I found it absolutely frustrating to be wandering around the paddock and not being able to watch the cars on the track. For uh, I did get to spectate a bit though, which was a nice uh, change. And good, uh, good morning, still yes, to all of you who are here at the circuit. A goodly number of uh, early camping sites uh, have been taken up. Uh, on uh, 97.9 FM around the circuit, scanner frequency 454 on uh, Sirius. Uh, radio at the weekend as well as on the IMSA app and if you haven't downloaded that yet why not it's absolutely free for iOS Windows and uh, Android devices and of course on RadioLamont.com and IMSA.com spin at the top of the hill for the 54 and that's a red flag uh, on the circuit at the moment for uh, Anthony Lazaro who has yes uh, Surprised to see Anthony it. driving that car. That was at five, weekend. wasn't it? Generally, it's uh, uh, James Gouy who drives the uh, as the third driver in the number 54 car for Accor Autosport. He's done a fantastic job, I'd have thought, over the last several years. Um, he hasn't won a, they haven't won here, which is ironic because it's James's local track, but they've won at Sebring, they won at Daytona. Uh, but, uh, yeah, late notification there that Anthony Lazaro would run that driving that car this weekend not a bad choice obviously i mean anthony's a hugely experienced driver absolutely hasn't won here before but he's had i think four second place finishes at petit le mans stalwart he's based of american here, yeah he's based cars. here in atlanta a local driver yeah so yeah hugely successful finished second on, 
uh, in P2 here a couple of years ago. So, you know, he knows, he knows how to get the job done here. So a very good guy to have aboard. Yeah, your, your he, he, uh, Anthony was my teammate at... Um, <laughs> good gosh, forget the name. Peter Lasafri's uh, <laughs> team a few years Black ago. Swan? Uh, no, no, the one uh, after <laughs> green, green Hornet. Green, green Hornet. Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the tongue. Hornet, tongue. Right. So it was. Um, but was it uh, he was the safra's team. It was. Uh-huh. Uh, he was. Uh, he was my teammate in the second car there. And I think we. I think it was Lime Rock we were at. You know, it's an undulating up and down mm. track. And he said, "I'm going to go for a jog." And like three or four laps later, he's still going. And I'm looking at him, going, "Freaking hell!" Like, you know, he he doesn't look 18, does he? Uh, in fairness to Anthony. Uh, but you know he's a pro uh, and, and and extremely fit, and uh, I had to get out then and do f- just five laps actually, didn't I? Just uh, being told by Carol Brink over in Monterey there. Uh, good morning, Carol, and uh, hope you're enjoying the live broadcast here from Road Atlanta. Uh, Fulton Tires just been made the official tire of Major League Baseball. Why do you need an official tire of Major League Baseball? <laughs> Just saying, I can understand why you might need an official ball of Major League Baseball, an official bat, bat of Major League, an official shoe, sock, yeah. some kind of uniform or helmet. But I'm not. I, I accept that I am not a world class authority on any kind of baseball, let alone Major League Baseball. But I've never seen a tire used in that. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Guinness Book it's of Records, be, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> you don't know what lies in the pipeline. Oh, that's very true. I refer everyone back to uh, to Len Hunt of blessed memory when he was looking after uh, Audi North America at the end of season banquets uh, here actually at Chateau Alain back in probably one or two, maybe a little bit later than that, uh, standing up and I won't uh, attempt to do his gruff Yorkshire tone. He was a big man and bluff and scored, called a spade a shovel, um, often with a, an expletive between. <laughs> between. And uh, basically called out the rest of the manufacturers and said, look, we're Audi, we build motor cars, so we race motor cars. We don't build golf clubs, we don't build tennis rackets, so that's why we don't get involved in that. We build cars, we race cars. And for everyone else, come and join us. And basically come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. <laughs> Which brought, of course, the whole of the banquet to, uh, to their feet and uh, roaring approval. Uh, we're back to green here. And maybe we can score some uh, MLB tickets, anyway, from Falcon Tire. Still competing uh, very heavily in Europe, in fairness. And uh, whatever else, uh, taking the mic a little bit there and having a little bit of fun. But uh, have been a tremendous uh, sponsor for Derek Walker Racing in the last few years. And that, what has now become an iconic colour scheme uh, on video games, on cars around the world as well. Um, will be sorely missed in this uh, in this paddock. Sad to see it go, but is there any news? And will someone take their place? And will in the terms team of remain? another tyre company or another, another sponsor? sponsor? I, I think not. Uh, Jeremy, you're <laughs> probably as close to Derek as anyone in this room. Derek's been working very hard to keep a very dedicated band of souls together and and try and get them some work for next year. But uh, at, the, at the moment, uh, I think he was certainly trying to look at the the Lexus GT3 program but I think that program is um, beset with problems uh, I had heard it had been given to someone else but now I'm not sure that that car is even going to uh, appear next year I mean what's what's Derek been saying? You no know, I haven't spoken to him since Circuit Americas but certainly then he didn't have anything lined up, firmed up for next year but certainly lots of talking going on he's got lots of irons in the fire and he's absolutely optimistic, he knows how good his team is 
as uh, does everybody here in the paddock. So uh, they're very capable, and he has every expectation that he'll be running a, uh, a, a car at least in some way, shape, or form. Well, that's good news. A couple of changes to the order lately. We saw Kuno Whitmer jump to the top of GTD in the 007 Aston Martin. That's the car he shares with the championship leader, Christina Nielsen. And for this weekend, Brandon Davis, former champion in the World Challenge, stepping into that car as he did in the long distance races earlier in the season. So Brandon Davis is at the wheel of that car right now, getting up to speed. Uh, uh, very quickly, quickly yes. Uh, and, and that, I th we've seen him before. He is very quick yeah. indeed. He impressed me earlier on. He was, where was he in the car, Jeremy, earlier on in the year? Was he in the, just in the longer yeah, races? Yes, just, just, I think just a Daytona, actually. Um, very, very good indeed in terms of uh, his speed. Certainly rated by... Uh, um, no, Sebring as well. I was at Sebring, yes. Uh, he's certainly rated by uh, a number of his competitors as a driver who you can race against. And, and by that, uh, what I mean, and, and I'll get Damien's comment on this, somebody that you, 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 can, you can have a race with, he's going to be hard, but he's going to be fair. Brandon Davis, yeah, we're talking about. Finished second at Sebring yeah. with, uh, with Christine Nielsen. And not Kuna Whitwell wasn't part of the team then. But uh, Is yeah, that the second. sort of thing, uh, when you're out in the car, Damo, that you know, you're asking... If you can't see, normally you guys are very good at recognising uh, drivers' helmets, even from a flash in the mirror, or particularly if you can see someone behind you. Is that the sort of thing that you build up almost like a database of, of, oh, this guy, I can race him hard, he'll give us enough room, no more, but I know he's not going to you know, do anything silly. And, and at that point, you can have a decent battle with somebody. Yeah, I think so. I think you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. And also, even if you were perhaps unaware at a, an event like this where every team has brought in a third driver who who may not have um may or may not have been involved in the championship uh this year at all uh but most of them have done the longer races i guess but uh, in any case that the, the team would obviously advise you as to who you'd be coming up against but i think as as drivers it's a small world um the motor racing world's a small world and you tend to know um who who's who uh, so to speak and uh that's another thing these teams will all be doing right now. They'll be filtering through their drivers because they've taken this uh, this other driver that they may have only used last at, uh, for example, Watkins Glen, a longer race, mm -hmm. and so they'll be giving those guys a chance. So normally they're they're circulating just uh, two teammates. Now they've got at least three, and so um, you know that that has a, a bearing in, in terms of you know time uh, spent in the car per driver. And uh, the team will be coordinating all of that, get cycling through those drivers to make sure everybody's uh, acclimatised and, and uh, uh, is and comfortable. And that is exactly what's happening with Andy Merrick jumping into the Delta Wing. Still in third position, by the way. That 15-7 put in a little bit earlier on. It's 15-1 yeah, now. Catherine Legg. Yeah, 15-1 yeah. still the best time from the 60 car. Then a 15-6 from uh, the 0-1 Scott Dixon. Uh, now out in that car. Notice Sebastian Bordier uh, is in the Action Express number five. Uh, 115.8 for that car. Sebastian has literally just gone out in that car. Mike Rockenfeller is a name that uh, we haven't seen for a little while. He's in the number 90 prototype. Uh, just getting up to pace uh, uh, in that uh, blue number 90. Um, let's see who else we can pick off down there who we haven't seen. Behind. Augusta Farfus behind the wheel of the 25 BMW, another BMW works driver. Uh, of course, that's the leading car at the moment. He's just jumped into that. Ollie Gavin is in the number four. Well, that's a, a regular driver. And hearing 
from uh, problem for the Delta Wing as it goes down the front straight with its four-way flashes on at the moment into turn number one. Andy Merrick having just a little issue. The four-way flashes are off as he's picking up speed. As he goes around turn one, no, he's not. The white flags for slow-moving vehicle are still there as he disappears out of my sight up into turn one. Uh, just hearing, by the way, and I noticed John De Geese of Sportscar365 has just reported this as well, that the uh, full-season lineup for Corvette is retained into 2016. So the same driver lineups in the car as Andy Merrick now is cruising and crawling across the skyline at turn two and three, mm, heading into the effort uh, as he's got pretty much a whole lap to do from there. Jeremy. Yeah, must have had a problem just yeah, after the en yeah, entrance there. Do you just mentioned Ollie Gavin there. He and Tommy Milner, that's the only team in the race that are just relying on their regular two drivers. They yep. don't have a third driver in that uh, number four car. Number three car uh, of Antonio Garcia and Jan Magnussen. They're the guys who are leading the uh, the Tequila Patrol North American Endurance Championship coming to this weekend. They have Ryan, Ryan Briscoe as a third driver in the number three car. Yeah, uh, Ollie Gavin celebrating his birthday earlier this week. Days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an interesting point as well. Oh, <laughs> 43. <laughs> <laughs> yes, amazing. Didn't hear a thing there. Uh, um, <coughs> particularly. Uh, Sorry, just clearing me throat there, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, an interesting point in the uh, GTD category and, and probably the same for the PC. Um, if you've, for anybody that's wondered how do the teams um, you know, play out, uh, do they give an even amount of time to mm. each driver, um, that, that strategy is a balance between um, using the pro, for example, to set up the car uh, and, uh, and giving their weakest driver enough laps. So it's a balance between the two, and, uh, and of course that differs. You know, from team to team, from team to team, and and and, uh, and for this race as well. Just talking about uh, drivers that we haven't seen all season long. Uh, Andrew Palmer is in the 52 prototype challenge car at the moment, sitting in third position. He's on his outlap at the moment. Exciting young driver who has been involved with some GT3 action over in Europe uh, with the uh, Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Uh, uh, program and uh, getting a drive in that 52 car uh, this weekend. Yeah, back he's doing all the uh, Patrol North races, yeah. Yeah, long distance races. Won the first two. They won Daytona and Sebring, and was second at Watkins Glen. So uh, almost a, uh, a almost a perfect season for that PL1 Matters Motorsports team, and they lead the points uh, coming into this weekend in PC for the uh, uh, Endurance Championship. As I presume they do. Yeah, they do. I think I think you told us that yeah. before, actually. Yeah. So you're listening but to not by, not by very much, actually. Yeah, only by uh, by three points over John Bennett and Colin Brown um, in the court order squad entry. So surprising with all that success, uh, the, the points in the endurance championship they're given out at at um, well in the 24-hour races at uh, quarter, half, and three-quarter distance. Yeah. And um, so uh, yeah, so. Different points. It depends where you are when the, uh, the the clock ticks over, doesn't Indeed. it? Uh, Andy Merrick has done a sterling job of keeping out of everybody's way. At the I, moment, <laughs> and I don't uh, I don't mean that in a nasty way for Andy. I, I am being absolutely uh, sincere because it's very difficult when a car is not doing what you want to do to try and get it back to the pit lane and be aware of what's going on around you at the same time, particularly in something that 
uh, has a, a roof on it and it's difficult to see out of. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's obviously got power. Um, some power. Some power. So it's either in a limp home mode uh, and there's something electrical glitch that will have to reset or maybe it's mechanical and it's stuck in like second gear or something like that. But it's more, more than likely um, an electrical problem. Well, they've brought it onto the pit lane and haven't sent them straight around the the back into the paddock area. The, Jeremy, you're just noticing from no, just what we can see. Very distinctive tail lights. Yes, on the very distinctive car. Yes, boomerang shape. You can see a new wing as well that they've they've added on there. A new element, I think, for this race. Yeah, car still being very much developed. The GT concept for Delta Wing, the street car, being announced today. Being picked up on a a number of uh, of the uh, a number of the automotive sites as well as the motor racing sites. A very distinctive Delta Wing shape for the panels organisation. New fastest time in GTD. Porsche back to the front there. Oh. Spencer Pompelli in car number seventy three for Park Place Motorsports. He's had a hell of a season, hasn't he? Yes. And, and I mean in a, in a good way. Yes. He's been jumping in and out of a number of different cars. We've seen him in Conti, uh, flirting with Triumph and Disaster, of course. Uh, one last time out in the ST class. Two in a row. Two in a row. Yes, absolutely. Four in the season. In the ST class. He he actually, he was quickest in the uh, practice session for ST just a few minutes ago as well. Before this one, he should well. have been three, of course. He ran out of fuel two corners from the end at uh, Road America. Uh, in the Cayman, uh, and Spencer having an absolutely brilliant season, and fair play to me is one of we are we are. I know we say this a lot, but we are very much uh, blessed to have such a, a nice set of people in our paddocks, and Spencer among the best of them. Uh, there's uh, there's very few who can claim to have as uh, as much experience around the North American circuits as Spencer has gained over the year. And yeah, a pretty good and Andy well. Lally are, are, yeah. are very similar in that respect. Good they do point. multiple series, and they can jump in and out of cars and uh, and be competitive. Um, and they're um, you've raced against pros. Spencer, but I don't think you've had Spencer as a teammate, have you? I have. Uh, he was in uh, TRG in so 2012, so. I think it was. I did. Uh, I did Watkins Glen six hour in yeah. in uh, in the other series. And uh, the Grand Am series, and he was in the sister car, so that's about as close uh, as a teammate. Great but I've, I've probably been closer as a rival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly on track. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> but that's, that's a the perfect example of one of those guys that you can race closely with, with and know that he's going to give you just enough and no more. We saw that at the end of the ST race at Conti uh, when the battle was going on for the lead there uh, between the CJ Wilson racing car and, and Spencer's. Uh, Spencer's 56 uh, uh, sorry Spencer's uh, uh, Porsche Cayman and I mean just literally centimetres apart fractions of an inch between them nobody wanting to to give but fantastic racing and uh, I'm I'm pleased for Spencer Uh, he's just given the car over in fact the Madison Snow who is back in the uh, car this weekend this this is the 73 Porsche we're talking about Brandon Davis getting some laps in the 007 Another one of the added drivers. Matteo Cressoni, another one of the added drivers in an added car this weekend, as Jeremy reminded us earlier on. That's the 64, the uh, Scuderia uh, Corsa second car. Jeff Siegel in the 63, the team car. That's the top four, 73, 007, 64, and 63. So Porsche, Aston Martin, and a couple of Ferraris uh, separated separated by uh, three-tenths of a second, if that. I mean, that's just... Bunker stuff. 
Yeah, it's close, isn't it? Yeah, good to see Madison Snow back in the championship. Uh, he drove earlier, of course, earlier in the season, of course, for um, Wright Motorsports, also in a uh, Porsche. Then uh, that ride evaporated kind of halfway through the season. And then Madison made a bit of a comeback in the Lamborghini Blanc Pan Super Trofeo. Started uh, at Circuit of the Americas, done the, the uh, end of the season in that car, and has done very well. Won one of the races at VIR. Uh, and, but certainly good to see him back in the Tudor Championship as well. Getting a chance to drive alongside Spencer Pompelli and Patrick Lindsay. Mm. Should be a strong combination, that one in particular. Or well, a whole, whole bunch of strong combinations. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is the that problem is for any of the, the drivers in the GT categories. The, you know, eight GTLM cars, uh, and we've said this before, but in the longer races, it's probably even more apposite. Really, any of those eight could win the race. Never mind be on the podium. Yeah. Any of those eight, Timo, could win the race, couldn't they? Yeah, especially at an event like this yeah. where, you know, yeah. there's so many variables, so many no things can happen. Field fillers here. Uh, no, bad I, news. I, I don't think there's any field fillers in GTD, no, quite frankly, no. as well. Agreed. Bad news if you're a Delta Wing fan, that car is now under uh, Delta Wing people power rather than the Elan engine and that car being pushed, pushed back towards the gap in the concrete, in fact no it's right back to the entrance to pit lane now and that is going back so Andy Merrick's uh, early laps truncated rather seriously uh, for the Welsh Wizard he'll not be uh, not be too pleased about that didn't get a lot of uh, laps in that uh, well we've said 8 in GTLM and what we, we've got 12 in GTD Jeremy and again um, you know you, you're right pretty much anyone certainly there could get on the podium after 10 hours and I would think probably 85, 90% of them could win the race. I notice uh, uh, Colin Thompson is uh, back with us this weekend, just out in the 45 car. Bryce yeah. Miller, of course, added to the 48 as well. A couple of other names that we didn't mention about additional drivers. Nice to have Colin back. Yeah, the co we're good to see Flying Lizard back again. They, they, they were back for the uh, round at Circuit Americas a couple of weeks ago, but a completely different driver lineup here for the season finale. We've got uh, not only Colin Thompson, but... Uh, Joined by Guy Cosmo, good to see Guy back, and Robert Thorne too, youngster from Colorado, who's uh, had just uh, one start previously last year in the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. Uh, so that's a, that's a strong combination. Robert Thorne drives for the Flying Lizard KPAX team in the World Challenge mm. in the McLaren this year. We're wondering whether we might see McLaren uh, involved in this championship next year, are we not? Every, uh, every opportunity uh, for that to... Uh, to happen, I think, given the Good. the rise and rise of GT3, and uh, and how that uh, how that category has has gained uh, a foothold uh, worldwide. Uh, just hearing this from Tony Dezino and John De Geese, uh, we heard uh, Shea Adam earlier on, or at least we had a note from Shea Adam earlier on. As we've got a car off. Oh, now that's an odd one. That is down at the. Bottom of here, it's the final corner right alongside us, and that is the, the eight car, Mirko Schultz at the wheel of oh. Peter Barron's uh, number eight, the lovely Martini livery on that car, and that car has lost it very early on in the piece and come down the grass, I think, uh, given the uh, issues. The time has just elapsed uh, on the session anyway, so we're not going to use any lose anything. Uh, just while well, we're getting well, not some... Quite. It came it came out a minute or so early. Uh, okay, right. Like... The... Uh, so the, the chequered flag has been thrown for that. Um, just to reiterate what Shea was saying earlier on, these team 
uh, to Performance Tech, the 38 PC car that Connor Daly crashed in Turn 1 earlier on. Uh, they were doubtful. It's now being confirmed from Tony Dezino, and thanks to John DeGeese for uh, tweeting this at John DeGeese, uh, that that car is done for the weekend. We will not see that 38 car. I, I don't think that's a surprise to any of us who saw the uh, pictures of the car or even those that uh, Shea tweeted that uh, left front there was very badly damaged uh, and uh, looks like that has taken the car out. Now, Mirko Schultz has found himself uh, in the tyre wall and he was indeed already going backwards and sideways. Uh, before he came down the, the hill there, Damo, that's a bit of an odd one. Yeah, he might have. I, I think there might have been another car there, so they might have been two abreast, and he might have got onto the marbles on the outside. And there's some. T oh, here's another replay. We'll just get. Well, we've got uh, pictures in the booth here. Oh no! Uh, he's just gone off onto the rumble strip wow. on driver's left, and come down the uh, gravel. The bailed tyres at the edge of the uh, old access road doing a fine job of slowing him down there. Somewhat, yeah. He just caught, caught the end of that tyre barrier there, which certainly took some speed off the car. If he'd been another, I don't know, six feet to, to, to the car's left, he'd have just collected that barrier square on, which would have been a lot uh, a lot better. It's uh, very, uh, very odd place uh, to go off. Yeah, Very odd place to go off. Because Damien. that's not a curb that you um, wish to run there on the outside. Certainly so not, not that early on. I think he was probably a little bit distracted. Or I don't know what happened there, but um, he, I, he didn't mean to be on that curb. And, and, and certainly in a prototype, you, you, don't have, you can be anywhere you want, to be honest, with the downforce. So, um, you know, GTs, we don't use that curb anyway. Just what you know, hopefully that car won't be too badly damaged from the angle we can see here. We can't really tell very Mirko much. Mirko moving around in the cockpit, by the way, I yeah, should say. That's good. It was not the big hit that it might have been a couple of years ago. Sorry, Jeremy, you were no, going to no, talk no, about yeah, performance I tech I there, I was, yeah, you? just going to say that what a shame it is they won't be able to take part in this race because they're, they're coming off uh, uh, two consecutive podium finishes in the PC class. They've uh, a really strong pace with particularly James French and Connor Daly have done the last uh, handful of races and they've run well in all of them. And uh, with uh, Jerome Mee joining in this weekend, they were hopeful of another podium finish to wrap, wrap up. It would be a pretty successful season for that uh, South Florida-based team. But unfortunately, the car too badly damaged to be able to repair it for Saturday's race. That's really bad news. Uh, thank you very much to Jeremy Shaw and to uh, also to Damien Faulkner, who was a surprise but very welcome guest here in the IMSA uh, radio booth. You know you, you can come back here any time over the weekend. Well, you? thank you. Thank right, you. It's, it's nice and cool you. in here as well. And there's a riff over overhead. Yeah, yeah always good. Yeah. Have you actually yeah. brought any clothes with you? Anything other than a brown paper bag with your passport with and an passport. apple? Um, yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you have learned. <laughs> since, since those days, you uh, you have, have managed to find yourself a wife, and I suspect that your life has changed immeasurably <laughs> since those know? days, and you're <laughs> far better organised <laughs> with a, a good woman looking after you. Well done uh, for that. Uh, as, as that uh, is about it in terms of the track action for this session or the first free practice session not too much damage on the back of Mirko Schultz's uh, car the eight car with Paul Walter down there having a look at one of our uh, race officials uh, at the I think at where the car went in he will have come in in the intervention vehicle and I think we might be seeing a few extra tyre bills uh, along that concrete wall uh, to drive it to extend it there is a little bit of a gravel trap there uh, and the bale tyres in front of that certainly did their job 
Um, but a, a nasty moment for Mirko Schultz, perhaps just slightly losing his concentration as he came over the top of the hill under the Tequila Patron Bridge and running out to driver's left, getting all four wheels, all four Continental tyres, onto the rumble strip, the kerb, and then down onto what is still very, very wet grass here, which would have had uh, no retardation at all. It looks like he's not necessarily the first person who's done that there, actually. There's a couple no, of, uh, of skid marks there, Demo. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, it, 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 it's very odd, you know, because you don't use, again, you don't use that kerb, uh, and that's why I was surprised to see that he that he went off um, under his own steam and there wasn't another car involved. But, uh, yeah, obviously there's another few marks there. So Cars rolling, albeit with a, a lot of... Uh, gravel on the tyres and it looks a, a bit of a, a, a rough ride there's body damage to the rear and to the left side of that car it's so unusual to have a, a one car accident probably at, at that particular point of the track because you don't you won't be running on, as you say on or over that that exit curb but but certainly we've seen quite a few instances there in the past where car, other cars have got together and i think you're right i'd be it's i think it's really good to have that tire barrier kind of on that on the it's on the motorcycle track isn't it yes uh, it in is in front of probably what seven or eight yards in front of the uh, concrete barrier there uh, and that will certainly uh, arrest, arrest a lot of the the car's momentum as it's coming down the hill there but uh, uh, certainly it was good news that the that Starworks car at least caught the end of that tire okay. barrier before it uh, deposits itself in the gravel and against the tire against the wall uh, that is it for this session of the uh, Cheer United Sports Car Championship Free Practice 1. Thanks if you're listening around the circuit on 97.9 FM. Uh, and if you're not, get that programmed into your uh, radio, uh, in your car or on your transistor. Uh, Jeremy Shaw, Damien Faulkner and me, John Hindhoff. For the moment at least, uh, it's goodbye. And we'll have further coverage uh, of Tudor and the rest of this IMSA Road Atlanta 10 Hours Weekend powered by Mazda here live on IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLamont.com. As they used to, but clearly that uh, programme, and particularly the, the tyre development work done by Brian Sellers, has paid dividends. The Falcon Tyres uh, cars in Europe at the Nürburgring, uh, in fact, it's, I think it might be a VLN race this weekend, actually, and I apologise for being so vague, but uh, having been bounced around from continent and racetrack over the last few weeks, uh, I'm finding it hard to keep up with the things that I'm not actually at the circuit for. But I think I saw Peter Dunbrecht tweeting that he was off to the uh, Nürburgring this weekend for a VLN round in the Falkland Tyres Porsche over there, and they're benefiting certainly from a lot of the hard work that the Derek Walker racing team and in particular Brian Sellers who's proved himself to be a very very good tyre development and car development driver. I wonder where he will end up next year. Wolf of course is a uh, factory driver. Is that a sign of an oval that you're making there? Sorry? <laughs> o o o oval. Oh, well, oval racing? In, in, well in all honesty <laughs> I, I would be very very surprised if if uh, if Ford hadn't been talking to Brian Sellers, they want American drivers, uh, they want experienced drivers, and they, well, they, want, they want good drivers, don't they? They, they want good drivers, yeah. and they want people who can develop a car. And, and Brian ticks all of those boxes. He does tick all of those boxes, but I believe I don't I don't uh, believe he thinks at least at the moment he's he's uh, in line for that, which I think is uh, I agree. A missed opportunity surprising. for everybody. For them, but then yeah, no, nobody side, thinks they're in line. Well, I, 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 I know more people who've told me they haven't got the job than have. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, it, we expect to hear something from Ford soon. Two cars in GTLM here next year, two cars in the World Endurance uh, Championship. And uh, we, I, I think the sticking point is twofold. They are uh, insistent on having people, rightly so, I think, who have uh, some Le Mans experience. Um, that's certainly the word I've been hearing from people who haven't um, got the final call. That puts Tracy Crone ahead of me in the list then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've drove more laps around the Le Mans circuit than you have. So <laughs> I might be ahead of you in the list. I have the advantage of being a silly putty ranked driver as well, or solder, I think somebody described me as the other day, which I think was quite funny. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you've got two programmes there, one here in, in the US, demo and, and one in the World Endurance Championship. There is the opportunity to swap and change drivers, particularly at the start of the year. But I'm told again that that is not what Ford are planning to do, that they want to get their sets of drivers for the American Championship in, uh, uh, in one of the, uh, the cars, and the dri- or two of the cars, and the drivers for the, uh, the World Endurance Championship and never the twin shall meet. Uh, I would have thought it would have been a good opportunity to get people... But, I mean, I don't, I, 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 I'm not so sure about the experience side of things. I mean, there's lots of drivers that go to Le Mans for the first time and do very, very well. well two um, rookie winners outright last year. Well, absolutely. And, I mean, we just spoke about Townsend Bell and Bill Sweedler as well, um, to name but a few. But uh, I, I think the important thing is for a team like that, um, in my humble opinion anyway, is that if you have one or two of the drivers um, on the team with Le Mans experience, I think that's what's critical. If you go there with with a bunch of drivers, a, a complete bunch of drivers with no experience, well, that that's one thing. But I don't think one driver in a team not having been to Le Mans before, uh, you know, I don't think that really matters in in, in this day and age. Yeah, I agree. With At least I would say the, uh, that anyway, wouldn't well, I? Because I've never done it. But apart from yeah, with all the simulation work that you can do nowadays, you might not be able to get that much track time at Le Mans before the event, although of course they do have the test day, so that's a, a full day of running there. But uh, now, in order to be even eligible to race, you have, have to have spent a, a, a day or several hours at least. Half a day in, in, the, in the Le Mans simulator. So. In the sim, and yeah. uh, you've got to do the course and tick the boxes. Yeah. And, and for, the, you know, for these guys, you know, at that level nowadays, they're all accomplished sim drivers as well. So To be honest, can, uh, I, I, I think there's that. more of a concern. I mean, maybe this is a, a sticky subject. I think there's more of a concern about drivers who perhaps don't possess a lot of the talent mm. uh, who end up crashing a lot of the times. Um, I mean, that's more of a, a concern than, yeah, I guess, than taking a pro with no experience. Just hearing this from Shea, who has passed this up to us via uh, our uh, switched messaging service, and I think it's, a, it's about to go live on at Gearbox Girl. She's been talking to the Connor Daly. Hey, he's fine, although he has got a bit of a sore arm from the shunt at Turn 1, which caused the red flag early on. The team, however, are scratching their heads and looking at the car uh, a little bit at the moment. And that 38 car, at the moment, there is no clarity about whether we'll see that car back. Mm. Uh, that, that is not a surprise to any of us here. Not a surprised face inside here between Jeremy, Damien uh, and myself. You're listening to IMSA Radio. We're live from trackside at Road Atlanta. It's great to be able to say that again. 
from my point of view. Um, Damien talking about not being, uh, being here and not driving. I was here and not uh, talking about the race last year, and I found it absolutely frustrating to be wandering around the paddock and not being able to watch the cars on the track. For a, I did get to spectate a bit, though, which was a nice uh, change. And good, uh, good morning still, yes, to all of you who are here at the circuit. A goodly number of uh, early camping sites uh, have been taken up. Uh, on uh, 97.9 FM around the circuit, scanner frequency 454 on uh, Sirius uh, Radio at the weekend as well as on the IMSA app. And if you haven't downloaded that yet, why not? It's absolutely free for iOS, Windows and uh, Android devices. And, of course, on RadioLamont.com and IMSA.com. Spin at the top of the hill for the 54, and that's a red flag uh, on the circuit at the moment for Ant uh, Anthony Lazaro. Who has? Yes, uh, surprised to see Anthony it. driving that car. That was at five, wasn't it? Generally, it's uh, uh, James Gooey who drives the uh, as the third driver in the number fifty-four car for Core Autosport. He's done a fantastic job, I'd have thought, over the last several years. Um, he hasn't won. A, they haven't won here, which is ironic because it's James's local track. But they won at Sebring. They won at Daytona. Uh, but uh, yeah, late notification there that Anthony Lazaro would drive that driving that car this weekend. Not a bad choice, obviously. I mean, Anthony's a hugely experienced driver. Absolutely. Hasn't won here before, but he's had, I think, four second-place finishes at Petit Le Mans. Stalwart of American. Here, yeah, he's based here in Atlanta, a local driver. Yeah, so, yeah, hugely successful. Finished second uh, in P2 here a couple of years ago. So, you know, he knows, he knows how to get the job done here. So, a very good guy to have aboard. Yeah, your, your he, car. He, uh, Anthony was my teammate at... Um, <laughs> good gosh, forget the name. Peter Lasafri's uh, <laughs> team a few years Black ago. Uh, no, no, the one uh, after. <laughs> green, green Hornet. Green, green Hornet. Hornet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. Hornet, right. So it was. Um, but was it uh, Peter Lasafri's team. It was. Uh -huh. uh, he was. Uh, he was my teammate in the second car there. And I think we. I think it was Lime Rock. We were at. You know, it's an undulating up and down mm. track. And he said, "I'm going to go for a jog." And like three or four laps later, he's still going. And I'm looking at him, going, "Freaking hell!" Like. You know, he, he doesn't look 18, does he? Uh, in fairness to Anthony. Uh, but, you know, he's a pro uh, and, and, and extremely fit. And uh, I had to get out there and do just five laps, actually, didn't I? Just uh, being told by Carol Brink over in Monterey there. Uh, good morning, Carol. And I uh, hope you're enjoying the live broadcast here from Road Atlanta. Uh, Tire has just been made the official tyre of Major League Baseball. Why do you need an official tyre of Major League Baseball? <laughs> Just saying, I can understand why you might need an official ball of Major League Baseball, an official bat, bat of Major League, an official shoe, sock, yeah. some kind of uniform or helmet. But I'm not, I, I accept that I am not a world-class authority on any kind of baseball, let alone Major League Baseball, but I've never seen a tyre used in that. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Guinness well, Book of Records, be, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> You don't know what lies in the pipeline. Oh, that's right? very I mean, true. Yeah. I refer everyone back to uh, to Len Hunt of blessed memory when he was looking after uh, Audi North America at the end of season banquets uh, here, actually, at Chateau Alain back in probably one or two, maybe a little bit later than that, uh, standing up. And I won't uh, attempt to do his gruff Yorkshire tone. He was a big man and bluff and scored, called a spade a shovel. Um, often with a, an expletive between, <laughs> between, and uh, basically called out the rest of the manufacturers and said, "Look, we're Audi, we build motor cars, so we race motor cars. We don't build golf clubs, we don't build tennis rackets, 
So that's why we don't get involved in that. We build cars, we race cars. And for everyone else, come and join us. And basically, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. <laughs> Which brought, of course, the whole of the banquet to, uh, to their feet and uh, roaring approval. Uh, we're back to green here. And maybe we can score some uh, MLB tickets, anyway, from Falcon Tire. Still competing uh, very heavily in Europe, in fairness. And uh, whatever else... Uh, taking the mic a little bit there and having a little bit of fun but uh, have been a tremendous uh, sponsor for Derek Walker racing in the last few years and that what has now become an iconic colour scheme uh, on video games on cars around the world as well um, will be sorely missed in this uh, in uh, this paddock sad to see it go but is there any news um, will someone take their place and Will in the terms of remain? another tyre company or another, another sponsor? sponsor? I, I think not. Uh, Jeremy, you're probably as close to Derek as anyone in this room. Derek's been working very hard to keep a very dedicated band of souls together and, and try and get them some work for next year. But uh, at, the, at the moment, uh, I think he was certainly trying to look at the, the Lexus GT3 programme, but I think that programme is um, beset with problems. Uh, I had heard it had been given to someone else, but now I'm not sure that that car's even going to... Uh, a player next year. I mean, what's what's Derek been saying? You no, know, I haven't spoken to him since Circuit Americas, but certainly then he didn't have anything lined up, firmed up for next year. But certainly lots of talking going on. He's got lots of irons in the fire, and he's absolutely optimistic. He knows how good his team is, as uh, does everybody here in the paddock. So uh, they're very capable, and he has every expectation that he'll be running a, uh, a, a car at least in some way, shape, or form. Well, that's good news. A couple of changes to the order lately. We saw Kuno Whitmer jump to the top of GTD in the 007 Aston Martin. That's the car he shares with the championship leader, Christina Nielsen. And for this weekend, Brandon Davis, former champion in the World Challenge, stepping into that car as he did in the long-distance races earlier in the season. So Brandon Davis is at the wheel of that car right now, getting up to speed. Uh, uh, very quickly, quickly yes. Uh, and and that I th we've seen him before. He is very quick. Yeah. Indeed, he impressed me earlier on. He was where was he in the car, Jeremy? Earlier on in the year, was he in the, just in the longer yeah, races? Yes, just just I think just a Daytona actually. Um, very very good, indeed, in terms of uh, his speed. Certainly rated by uh, um, no, Sebring as well. I was at Sebring. Yes, yeah. uh, he's certainly rated by uh, a number of his competitors as a driver who you can race against and and by that uh, what I mean and, and I'll get Damien's comment on this it's somebody that you, you you can you can have a race with he's going to be hard but he's going to be fair Brandon Davis yeah we're talking about finished second at Sebring yeah. with uh, with Christine Nielsen and not Kuna Whitwell wasn't part of the team then but uh, is yeah, that the second. sort of thing uh, when you're out in the car Damo that you know you're asking if you can't see, normally you guys are very good at recognising uh, drivers' helmets, even from a flash in the mirror, or particularly if you can see someone behind you. Is that the sort of thing that you build up almost like a database of, of, oh, this guy, I can race him hard, he'll give us enough room, no more, but I know he's not going to you know, do anything silly. And, and at that point, you can have a decent battle with somebody. Yeah, I think so. I think you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. And also, even if you were perhaps unaware at a, an event like this where every team has brought in a third driver who who may not have um, 
may or may not have been involved in the championship uh, this year at all. Uh, but most of them have done the longer races, I guess. But uh, in any case, the, the, the team would obviously advise you as to who you would be coming up against. But I think as, as drivers, it's a small world. Um, the motor racing world is a small world, and you tend to know um, who who's who, uh, so to speak. And uh, that's another thing these teams will all be doing right now. They'll be filtering through their drivers because they've taken this uh, this other driver that they may have only used last at, uh, for example, Watkins Glen, a longer race. Mm-hmm. And so they'll be giving those guys a chance. So normally they're, they're circulating just uh, two teammates. Now they've got at least three. And so... Um, you know that that has a, a, a bearing in, in terms of you know time uh, spent in the car per driver and uh, the team will be coordinating all of that get cycling through those drivers to make sure everybody's uh, acclimatizing and uh, uh, is and comfortable and that is exactly what's happening with Andy Merrick jumping into the Delta wing still in third position by the way that 157 put in a little bit earlier on it's 151 yeah, now yeah 151 yeah. still the best time from the 60 car then a 15-6 from uh, the 0-1 Scott Dixon uh, now out in that car. Notice Sebastian Bordier uh, is in the Action Express number 5. Uh, 115-8 for that car. Sebastian has literally just gone out in that car. Mike Rockenfeller is a name that uh, we haven't seen for a little while. He's in the number 90 prototype. Uh, just getting up to pace uh, uh, in that uh, blue number 90. Um, let's see who else we can pick off down there who we haven't seen. Behind. Augusta Farfus behind the wheel of the 25 BMW, another BMW works driver, uh, of course. That's the leading car at the moment. He's just jumped into that. Ollie Gavin is in the number four. Well, that's a, a regular driver. And hearing uh, from uh, problem for the Delta Wing as it goes down the front straight with its four-way flashes on at the moment into turn number one. Andy Merrick having just a little issue. The four-way flashes are off as he's picking up speed. As he goes around turn one, no, he's not. The white flags for slow-moving vehicle are still there as he disappears out of my sight up into turn one. Uh, just hearing, by the way, and I noticed John DeGeese of SportsCar365 has just reported this as well, that the uh, full-season lineup for Corvette is retained into 2016. So the same driver lineups in the car as Andy Merrick now is cruising and crawling across the skyline at turn two and three, mm, heading into the effort uh, as he's got pretty much a whole lap to do from there. Jeremy. Yeah, must have had a problem just yeah, after how the annoying. Pit, uh, entrance there. Do you just mention Ollie Gavin there? He and Tommy Milner, that's the only team in the race that are just relying on their regular two drivers. They yep. don't have a third driver in that uh, number four car. Number three car uh, of Antonio Garcia and Jan Magnussen. They're the guys who are leading the uh, the Tequila Patrol and North American Endurance Championship coming into this weekend. They have Ryan, Ryan Briscoe as a third driver in the number three car. Yeah, uh, Ollie Gavin celebrating his birthday earlier this week. Two days ago. Yeah. Yep. Uh, An interesting point as well. Oh, <laughs> 43. <laughs> <laughs> yes, amazing. Didn't hear a thing there. Uh, um, <coughs> particularly. Uh, Sorry, just clearing my throat there, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, an interesting point in the uh, GTD category, and, and probably the same for the PC. Um, if you've, for anybody that's wondered how do the teams um, you know, play out, uh, do they give an even amount of time to mm. each driver, um, that, that strategy is a balance between um, using the pro, for example, to set up the car uh, and, uh, and giving their weakest driver enough laps. So it's a balance between the two, and, uh, and of course that differs. You know, from team with, to team, from team to team, and and and, uh, and for this race as well. Just talking about uh, drivers that we haven't seen all season long. 
uh, Andrew Palmer is in the 52 prototype challenge car at the moment, sitting in third position. He's on his outlap at the moment. Exciting young driver who has been involved with some GT3 action over in Europe uh, with the uh, Lamborghini Huracan GT3 uh, uh, program and uh, getting a drive in that 52 car uh, this weekend. Yeah, back he's doing all the uh, Patrol North races, yeah. long distance races. Won the first two. They won Daytona and Sebring, and was second at Watkins Glen. So uh, almost a, uh, a almost a perfect season for that PL1 Matters Motorsports team, and they lead the points uh, coming into this weekend in PC for the uh, uh, endurance championship. So I presume they do. Yeah, they do. I think I think you told us that yeah. before, actually. Yeah. So you're listening, names? Not, not by very much, actually. Yeah, only by uh, by three points over John Bennett and Colin Brown um, in the court order squad entry. So surprising with all that success, it, the, the points in the endurance championship they're given out at at um, well in the 24-hour races at uh, quarter, half, and three-quarter distance. Yeah. And um, so uh, yeah, so. Different point scoring. It depends where you are when the, uh, the the clock ticks over, doesn't Indeed. it? Uh, Andy Merrick has done a sterling job of keeping out of everybody's way at the I, moment. <laughs> and I don't uh, I don't mean that in a nasty way for Andy. I, I am being absolutely uh, sincere because it's very difficult when a car is not doing what you want to do to try and get it back to the pit lane and be aware of what's going on around you at the same time, particularly in something that. Uh, has a, a roof on it and it's difficult to see out of. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's obviously got power. Um, some power. Some power. So it's either in a limp home mode uh, and there's something electrical glitch that will have to reset or maybe it's mechanical and it's stuck in like second gear or something like that. But it's more, more than likely um, an electrical problem. Well, they've brought it onto the pit lane and haven't sent them straight around the the back into the paddock area. Jeremy, you're just noticing from no, just what we can see. Very distinctive tail lights yes. on the car, aren't they? Very distinctive car. Yes, boomerang shaped like new wing as well that they've they've added on there. A new element, I think, for this race. Yeah. Car still being very much developed. The GT concept for Delta Wing, the street car, being announced today. Been picked up on a, a number of uh, of the uh, a number of the automotive sites as well as the motor racing sites. A very distinctive Delta Wing shape for the panels organisation. New fastest time in GTD. Porsche back to the front there. Oh. Spencer Pompelli in colour number 73 for Park Place Motorsports. He's had a hell of a season, hasn't he? Yes. And, and I mean that in a good way. Yes. He's been jumping in and out of a number of different cars. We've seen him in Conti uh, flirting with Triumph and Disaster, of course. Uh, one last time out in the... ST class. Two in a row. Two in a row, yes, absolutely. Four in the season. In the ST class. He was he was actually, he was quickest in the uh, practice session for ST just a few minutes ago as well, before this one. He should well. have been three, of course. He ran out of fuel two corners from the end at uh, Road America uh, in the Cayman. Uh, and Spencer having an absolutely brilliant season. And fair play to me. He is one of... We are, we are, I know we say this a lot, but we are very much... Uh, blessed to have such a, a nice set of people in our paddocks and Spencer among the best of them. Uh, there's... Uh, there's very few who can claim to have as uh, as much experience around the North American circuits as Spencer has gained over the year. And yeah, a pretty good and Andy Lally well. are, are, yeah. are very similar in that respect. Good they do point. multiple series, and they can jump in and out of cars and uh, and be competitive. Um, and they're um, you've raced against pros. Spencer, but I don't think you've had Spencer as a teammate, have you? I have. 
he was in uh, TRG in 2012, so, I think it was. I did uh, I did Watkins Glen six hour in yeah. in uh, in the other series and uh, the Grand Am series, and he was in the sister car, so that's about as close uh, as a teammate. Great but I've, I've probably been closer as a rival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly on track. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> but that's, that's a perfect example of one of those guys that you can race closely with, with and know that he's going to give you just enough and no more. We saw that at the end of the ST race at Conti uh, when the battle was going on for the lead there uh, between the CJ Wilson racing car and, and Spencer's uh, Spencer's 56 uh, uh, sorry Spencer's uh, uh, Porsche Cayman and I mean just literally centimetres apart fractions of an inch between them nobody wanting to, to give but fantastic racing and uh, I'm, I'm pleased for Spencer uh, he's just given the car over in fact Madison Snow who is back in the uh, car this weekend this, this is the 73 Porsche we're talking about Brandon Davis getting some laps in the 007 another one of the added drivers Matteo Cressoni another one of the added drivers in an added car this weekend as Jeremy reminded us earlier on that's the 64 the uh, Scuderia uh, Corsa second car Jeff Siegel in the 63 the team car that's the top four 73 007 64 and 63 so Porsche Aston Martin and a couple of Ferraris uh, separated <laughs> separated by uh, three tenths of a second if that I mean that's just bonkers stuff yeah it's close isn't it yeah good to see Madison Snow back in the championship uh, he drove earlier of course earlier in the season of course for um, Wright Motorsports also in a uh, Porsche then uh, that ride evaporated kind of halfway through the season and then Madison made a bit of a comeback in the Lamborghini Blanc Pan Super Trofeo started uh, at Circuit of the Americas done the, the uh, end of the season in that car and has done very well won one of the races at VIR uh, and, but certainly good to see him back in the Tudor Championship as well getting a chance to drive alongside Spencer Pompelli and Patrick Lindsay mm. should be a strong combination that one in particular well, well, a whole, whole bunch of strong combinations. Yeah, and that's—I mean—that is the that problem is for any of the the drivers in the GT categories. The, you know, eight GTLM cars, uh, and we've said this before, but in the longer races, it's probably even more apposite. Really, any of those eight could win the race. Never mind be on the podium. Yeah. Any of those eight, Timo, could win the race, couldn't they? Yeah, especially at an event like this yeah. where you know, yeah, there's so many variables. So many no things can field fillers here. Uh, no, bad I, news. I, I don't think there's any field fillers in GTD, no, quite frankly, no. as well. Agreed. Bad news if you're a Delta Wing fan, that car is now under uh, Delta Wing people power rather than the Elan engine, and that car being pushed pushed back towards the gap in the concrete. In fact, no, it's right back to the entrance to pit lane now, and that is going back. So Andy Merrick's uh, early laps truncated rather seriously uh, for the. Welsh Wizard. He will not be, uh, not be too pleased about that. Didn't get a lot of uh, laps in that. Uh, well, we've said eight in GTLM and what we, we've got 12 in GTD, Jeremy. And again, um, you know, you, you're right. Pretty much anyone certainly there could get on the podium after 10 hours. And I would think probably 85, 90% of them could win the race. I notice uh, uh, Colin Thompson is uh, back with us this weekend, just out in the uh, 45 car. Bryce yeah. Miller, of course, added to the 48 as well. A couple of other names that we didn't mention about additional drivers. Nice to have Colin back. 
Yeah, the co we're good to see flying lizard back again. They, they, they were back for the uh, round at Circuit Americas a couple of weeks ago, but a completely different driver lineup here for the season finale. We've got uh, not only Colin Thompson, but uh, joined by Guy Cosmo. Good to see Guy back. And Robert Thorne, too, youngster from Colorado, who's uh, had just uh, one start previously last year in the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. Uh, so that's a, that's a strong combination. Robert Thorne drives for... The Flying Lizard Capex team in the World Challenge mm. in the McLaren this year. We're wondering whether we might see McLaren uh, involved in this championship next year, are we not? Every uh, every opportunity uh, for that to uh, to happen, I think, given the Good. the rise and rise of GT3 and uh, and how that uh, how that category has has gained uh, a foothold. Uh, worldwide. Uh, just hearing this from Tony Dezino and John De Geese, uh, we heard uh, Shea Adam earlier on, or at least we had a note from Shea Adam earlier on, as we've got a car off. Oh, now that's an odd one. That is down at the Stop bottom of us. here. It's the final corner right alongside us, and that is the, the eight car. Mirko Schultz at the wheel of Peter Barron's number eight, the lovely Martini livery on that car, and that car has lost it very early on in the piece and come down the grass, I think, uh, given the uh, issues. The time has just elapsed uh, on the session anyway, so we're not going to use any, lose anything. Uh, just while we're well, getting not some... Quite. It came, came out a minute or so early. Uh, okay, right. Like. The, uh, so the, the chequered flag has been thrown for that. Um, just to reiterate what Shea was saying earlier on, these team at Performance Tech, the 38 PC car that Connor Daly crashed in Turn 1 earlier on, uh, they were doubtful. It's now been confirmed from Tony Dezino, and thanks to John DeGeese for uh, tweeting this at John DeGeese, uh, that that car is done for the weekend. We will not see that 38 car. I, I, I don't think that's a surprise to any of us who saw the... Uh, pictures of the car, or even those that uh, Shea tweeted, that uh, left front there was very badly damaged uh, and uh, looks like that has taken the car out. Now, Mirko Schultz has found himself uh, in the tyre wall and he was indeed already going backwards and sideways uh, before he came down the hill there, Demo. That's a bit of an odd one. Yeah, he might have. I, I think there might have been another car there, so they might have been two abreast and he might have got onto the marbles on the outside. And there's some... T oh, here's another replay. We'll just get... Well, we've got uh, pictures in the booth here. Oh, no. Uh, he's just gone off onto the rumble strip wow. on driver's left and come down the uh, gravel. The bailed tyres at the edge of the uh, old access road doing a fine job of slowing him down there. Somewhat, yeah. He just caught, caught the end of that tyre barrier there, which certainly took some speed off the car. If he'd been another... I don't know, six feet to, to, to the car's left. He'd have just collected that barrier square on, which would have been a lot uh, a lot better. It's uh, very, a very odd place to, uh, to go off. Yeah, Very odd place to go off. Because Damien. that's not a curb that you um, wish to run there on the outside. Certainly so not, not that early on. I think he was probably a little bit distracted. I don't know what happened there, but um, he, I, he didn't mean to be on that curb. And, and, and certainly in a prototype, you, you, don't have, you can be anywhere you want, to be honest, with the downforce. So... Um, you know, GTs, we don't use that curb anyway. And just what, you know, hopefully that car won't be too badly damaged from the angle we can see here. We can't really tell very Merkel much. moving around in the cockpit, by the way, I yeah, should say. that's good. It was not the big hit that it might have been a couple of years ago. Sorry, Jeremy, you were no, going to no, talk about yeah, performance tech I there, was, yeah, you? just going to say that what a shame it is they won't be able to take part in this race because they're, they're coming off uh, uh, two consecutive podium finishes in the PC class. They've had a really strong pace with particularly James French and Connor Daly have done the last... Uh, 
a handful of races and they've run well in all of them and uh, with uh, Jerome Mee joining in this weekend they were hopeful of another podium finish to wrap, wrap up would be a pretty successful season for that uh, South Florida based team but unfortunately the car too badly damaged to be able to repair it for Saturday's race that's really bad news uh, thank you very much to Jeremy Shaw and to uh, also to Damien Faulkner, who was a surprise but very welcome guest here in the IMSA uh, radio booth. You know you, you can come back here any time over the weekend, Well, you? thank you. Thank right, you. It's, it's nice and cool in here as well, and there's a roof over overhead. Yeah, yeah always good. Yeah. Have you actually yeah. brought any right clothes with you, anything other than a brown paper bag with your passport with and an passport. apple? Um, yeah, I have. Okay, <laughs> you have learned. Since, since those days, you uh, you have, have managed to find yourself a wife, and I suspect that your life has changed immeasurably How since those know? days, and you're far <laughs> better organised than with a, a good woman looking after you. Well done uh, for that. Uh, as, as that uh, is about it in terms of the track action for this session are the first free practice session not too much damage on the back of Mirko Schultz's car the eight car with Paul Walter down there having a look at one of our uh, race officials uh, at the I think at where the car went in he will have come in in the intervention vehicle and I think we might be seeing a few extra tyre bills uh, along that concrete wall uh, to drive it to extend it there is a little bit of a gravel trap there uh, and the bail tyres in front of that certainly did their job. Uh, but a, a nasty moment for Mirko Schultz, perhaps just slightly losing his concentration as he came over the top of the hill under the Tequila Patron Bridge and running out to driver's left, getting all four wheels, all four continental tyres, onto the rumble strip, the kerb, and then down onto what is still very, very wet grass here, which would have had uh, no retardation at all. It looks like he's not necessarily the first person who's done that there, actually. There's a couple no, of, uh, of skid marks there, Demo. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, it, it, it's very odd, you know, because you don't use, again, you don't use that curb, uh, and that's why I was surprised to see that he that he went off um, under his own steam, and there wasn't another car involved. But, uh, yeah, obviously there's another few marks there, so somebody Cars else has rolling, done it albeit with a, a lot of uh, gravel on the tyres, and it looks a a bit of a, a, a rough ride. There's body damage to the rear and to the left side of that car. It's so unusual to have a, a one-car accident probably at, at that particular point of the track because you don't you're normally running, on, as you say, on or over that, that exit curb. But, but certainly we've seen quite a few instances there in the past where car, other cars have got together. And I think you're right. I'd be, it's, I think it's really good to have that tyre barrier kind of on, that, on, the, it's on the motorcycle track, isn't it? Yes, uh, it in is. In front of probably what? seven or eight yards in front of the uh, concrete barrier there uh, and that will certainly uh, arrest, arrest a lot of the the car's momentum as it's coming down the hill there but uh, uh, certainly it was good news that the that Starworks car at least caught the end of that tyre okay. barrier before it uh, deposits itself in the gravel and against the, tar against the wall. Uh, that is it for this session of the uh, Cheer United Sports Club Championship Free Practice 1. Thanks if you're listening around the circuit on 97.9 FM. Uh, and if you're not, get that programmed into your uh, radio, uh, in your car or on your transistor. Uh, Jeremy Shaw, Damien Faulkner and me, John Hindhoff. For the moment, at least, uh, it's goodbye. And we'll have further coverage uh, of Tudor and the rest of this IMSA Road Atlanta 10 Hours Weekend powered by Mazda here live on IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.